Instant replay, huh? Yeah, Toronto sure doesn't like the Anaheim Ducks, do they? Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. <laughs> Once again, I've been covering hockey for a long time. And I'm also the public address, of, address voice for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. This is going to be actually, actually a short episode because, as you can tell, voice is still not 100%. But we're just going to battle through this. And I did promise a postcast here. Especially after that game, I mean, I thought about it for a little bit. Like, do I do I really want to do a po- a postcast about this game? Do I want to talk about that last loss to the Dallas Stars without bringing up some old wounds that half of Ducks Twitter brought up? That picture that we all saw two and a half months ago. Those memories are back. They're back. We've seen this before. I have tried to deny any wrongdoing by the refs because I'm I'm trying to stay positive, but I'm also trying to stay even keel. And, you know, that's just how I am. On the other hand, I don't think there was any denying that the Ducks, I don't want to say they got jobbed in this one. I'm not going to say that at all. But maybe the calls have been a little bit more one-sided, especially more lately. Historically, or recent recent history has stated, or not stated, I shouldn't say that. Let me try that again. Over the past few years, the calls have tended to go against the Anaheim Ducks from a refing perspective. We have seen this a lot this season where there are some calls that go against the Ducks that might be a little bit ticky-tacky. We saw one of those tonight. On the other hand, there are some that I think other teams get away with almost murder on the ice and doesn't get called. We saw this especially a couple of games ago where I think the Ducks just were not given a fair break and yes, we have seen at times the Ducks allow six or seven power plays. I would say on a couple of those games, I'm not going to say exactly what, but there have been a couple of games where the Ducks were given too many penalty kills. And I hate that I'm making this like my takeaway, and I don't want to make that my takeaway, and I wasn't going to, but that's what it's turned into. This game. The Anaheim Ducks had zero power plays. None. Were there a couple of calls that could have gone against Dallas during this game? Yes. Were there also a couple of calls that could have gone the other way that wasn't called? Also, yes. The non-call on Leo Carlson towards the end of the game. Now, I did see on Twitter... I I liked the quote, that's Leo's 
welcome to the NHL moment. But that was kind of a hard hit, and that was right to the boards, and that was before Leo Carlson. He he actually never touched the puck. This was in the third period. Leo Carlson never touched the puck, and he just got slammed into the boards. No call. Nothing. Not even an interference, which is probably what they would have settled upon, but no call. And yet, we had another instance on this game where instant replay screwed the Ducks. Let me take you back to over two months ago in a game between the Florida Panthers and the Anaheim Ducks. And this was in mid-November of last year, so not that long ago. With about eight and a half minutes left. The Ducks scored what looked to be the game-tying goal. It should have been the game-tying game tying goal. Jakob Silverberg would have scored a big goal and it would have done a lot for his confidence. And it took seven minutes on instant replay to show no goal, even though the puck, according to the replay that we saw on TV and in the crowd... The puck crossed the line, it was on its side, it was on its edge, and it crossed. And yet it took seven minutes to call no goal. <sighs> they, they called no goal back then. Then on this one, in the second period, game-tying goal. This one could have been called back, but yeah, the, the Ducks got screwed. They got screwed back then. This one, probably the right call, but why in one situation where it looked like the goal had crossed the line, why in one situation do you call no goal and then in another, you call a goal? I should point out in both cases, the call on ice was no goal. Both cases. And the NHL finally came back with their call. This one took about four or five minutes until eventually we got a goal, a good goal for Craig Smith that tied things up at two. I will say in the first period, there was an immediate call waved off. First period, right before Urhovakanainen's goal, that there was a one that hit the post. Crowd goes crazy. Players go crazy. Goal light doesn't go off. Goal horn doesn't go off. But the the lights go off. The gobos go off. Jordan Samuels Thomas immediately goes, no goal. And by the way, Ducks broadcasters on TV, his name is uh, Jordan Samuels Thomas. Jordan Samuels Thomas formerly played in the Ducks organization. Do you remember that? Do you, do you remember that? I, I don't think you do. Jordan Samuels Thomas has been a ref for a while. He started off in the AHL a few years ago. He's currently a referee for both the AHL and the NHL. I know this because he was just in Coachella Valley a few weeks ago. But during his playing days, um, did you forget that he was part of the San Diego Goals for a couple of years? 
and yet you mispronounced his name and you called him something else. But that's another qualm about Ducks broadcasters for another day. So JST made the call that it was a good goal. (sighs) Yeah, just one of those things. All right. I don't know what more to say about the refereeing. That won't get me in trouble. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to head to the first intermission now. Talk about the game itself. Stay locked in. Now a brief word from FanDuel. Hey, the NFL Conference Championships are taking place this weekend, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use and can be used for same-game parlays, futures, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a touchdown. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Let's talk about the game itself between the Ducks and the Dallas Stars. This was absolutely a worst-case scenario game for the Ducks for a number of reasons. One, they got a point. I know I always want to see the Ducks win games, but at this point of the season, or almost 50 games in, the Ducks are nowhere near a playoff spot. If you're going to lose, you may as well lose in regulation, not in overtime, to get the one point. Because, hey, San Jose's winning. Chicago's won a couple of games. Maybe the Ducks want that top three pick. But that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. The Ducks want a top three pick. Anything below three, forget it. Anyway... First period, Matthew Shane scored right away 1-0 stars. Ducks tie it up on kind of a weird fluky play where Dallas thought they had taken a 2-0 lead. But JST waved it off immediately, going the other way. Erho Vakaninen, his first goal. Congratulations to Vakaninen. By the way, this one counts. Yeah, this one is not getting taken back. And this was a stupid goal because Vakaninen was right on the red line and just kind of chucked it towards something. I think he was trying to get the puck towards the net, but it ricocheted off of a Stars player, then ricocheted off of Jake Ottinger's back skate and bounced in. So, hey, you know what? The Ducks will take those lucky bounces. Second period, Troy Terry was left so wide open on a broken play. But this play, I think, was all about Uncle Rico. Adam Henrique had the wherewithal to have a strong forecheck, get the puck himself, actually dig the puck out from the corner, and found a wide-open Troy Terry. There was no one around him. And if there's no one around Troy Terry, you bet your ass he's going to score. And he absolutely did. The Ducks had a lead. They had a 2-1 lead. And it looks like they were going to have a 2-1 lead Going into the third, 
if not for that goal that apparently crossed the line. So here's what happened. Late second period, or I guess middle second period, the puck goes in John Gibson's glove. They wave it dead. They call no goal on the ice, and we go to TV commercial. All right, that's fine. Except the puck may have crossed the line. So apparently when Smith shot the puck right at John Gibson, Gibby's glove just kind of snapped back. And apparently there was enough evidence that the glove snapped back enough that it crossed the goal line. So they counted the goal. Yeah, that they counted, but the one against Florida didn't count. I think that was more of a goal than this one was. Now, to be fair, looking back, I think this was also probably a goal. I I would say I'm about 70-30 that that one was a goal. And it was. But I was 80-20 on the one against the Panthers. That was also a goal. Really. So tied at two. Going into the third. And right away to start the third, Ducks just came out. Dallas looked flat. The first minute of the third period. The Ducks caught him sleeping. And Jakob Silverberg got his sixth goal of the season. Oh. Wait, it says here he scored his fifth goal of the season. Well, you know what? That was a goal against the Florida Panthers. I just big fat talked about it right now. (coughs) See, I'm getting all worked up about it that I'm coughing here. Yeah. So that was Jakob Silverberg's fifth goal of the season. Three to two, the Ducks have a lead. Surely they're not going to blow. Oh, they blew it again. Guess who came back? Miro Hiskinen. His first game back from injury, he was gone for 10 days. He comes back and scores the game-tying goal in his return. Yeah, that was a big, big deal. That was a big deal. That brought the crowd to a frenzy. Crowd was going nuts, scoring that game-tying goal. And we weren't sure if he was going to play. I mean... The reports a couple of days ago that he was going to play either Thursday or Saturday, likely Saturday. This was a couple of days ago. And then we find out, oh, morning skate. He might play. Then we find out, oh, he's back. So, you know what? For the story, good for him. He came back and scored the game tying goal. Good for the story. And then overtime, Dallas won. Ducks didn't have possession. 4-3 to three was the final score. <coughs> Another frustrating game for the Anaheim Ducks. Thomas Harley with the game winner in overtime. I think what was maddening about this game was the, the review. That was kind of maddening. I legit thought that they were not going to call it a goal. But what do I know? I mean, the hires up in Toronto don't like the Ducks, remember? <laughs> so there you go. Oh, and and also, also, um, I did mention that there was a couple of penalties there. Yeah, look, the Ducks are going to take their penalties. They weren't bad penalties, but the refs not giving the Ducks a power play at all. In this one, are you joking me? Are you really joking with this one? Shots on goal. 
this was just a complete one-sided affair. Shots on goal were 44-21 to 21 in favor of the Dallas Stars. Gibson with another 40-save performance. This is starting to sound a lot like last season, where the Ducks are starting to give up more shots as the season goes on. And I know there's 30-something games left. I get that. And I know that the Ducks are not going to make the playoffs. I get that. And let me do some quick math here. Like, to be exact, there are 34 games left. And the Ducks are, like, 10, like 20 points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, they're 20 points out. That's 10 games. They'd have to win 10 more games than either the Kings or the Predators. I just don't see it happening. Oh, and the Kings have games in hand. So let's be real with ourselves. Just go for that top three pick. Do that now. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission. We'll talk about this game a little bit more on the other side. Now a brief word from Indeed. And folks, if you have not tried Indeed, what are you waiting for? And you could ditch the busy work because you could use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging on your job postings so you can connect with candidates faster. (coughs) Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed we're also brought to you by logics federal credit union now you come here for all the hot takes right And I've had a bunch of hot takes on this episode, like the refing. Well, let me give you my other hot take of the day. The best lineup in LA and surrounding areas right now is the lineup of auto loans at Logic. They start off on the top line pairing with my favorites. The proven and dependable new and used vehicle loans. You can count on these guys to give you low rates and save you big bucks. That's second line pairing. They've got an exciting new rookie sensation much like Olin Zellweger, in their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible payment terms. Rounding out that third line D, they've got their auto refinancing loans and lease buyout loans. With these guys, you could lower your monthly payments and get on the road to owning your car faster. Look, I know it's a hot take, but no one can beat the lineup at Logix Banking. So visit your local Logix branch right here in the LA and surrounding areas and let one of their awesome team members help you. Or just apply online on your little laptop in minutes at logicsbanking.com slash car. That's L-O-G-I-X banking.com forward slash C-A-R. All right, we are going to wrap up here. I'm just going to talk a little bit more about this one. Do, Do we have to? Yes, we are. There's a reason I want to talk about this game a little bit more. You'll notice that I haven't talked about John Gibson a whole lot, and I think we have to give Gibby his dues here because I think he's due for a new effing taser. Another 40-save performance by John Gibson. 
Let me tell you what the expected goals in this one, and this was according to Hockey Stat Cards. The expected goals, 3.9 to 1.5. That's in favor of the Stars, by the way. Yeah. The Stars' expected goals was about 3.9, and Gibby gave up 4. So giving up 4, about expected. That's okay. The Ducks were only expected to score a goal and a half. Jake Ottinger did not have the best of games. He also didn't have a lot of work. But Jake Ottinger very much in the negative territory as far as that's concerned. His hockey stack hard score, minus 1.5. Gibby's slightly under zero. But you know what? I cannot pin too much blame on Gibby. Because he made some good stops on this game. One of them apparently was a goal. But anyway, Gibby's giving up a lot of shots again. And he's having to bail out his teammates who are missing defensive assignments, who are allowing high danger shots again. It's happening again. And with the trade deadline looming, you think John Gibson is finally sick of this losing And you think he's finally ready for a change? I mean, I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouth. But this has been six years of losing hockey in Anaheim. And I'm surprised that he has stuck around for all six years. Normally, when you have this kind of sustained... See, I hate using the phrase sustained losing. But that's what's happened here. The Ducks have had no solutions for their defensive woes over the past five, six years. And this is before Dallas Eakins. I mean, Dallas Eakins certainly didn't help with that. But it definitely highlighted a lot of the defensive flaws that were happening with the Ducks. Certainly. And it's been six years of this. I mean, for John Gibson's sake, I I hope that he goes back to the playoffs and really gets a solid, fair chance while he's in his prime. That's what I hope for as far as Gibby. Would I be sad to see him go? Abso-freaking-lutely. But after this many years, I mean, you got to feel for the guy. You really do. I mean, yes, there are some fans that have said, like, we've got to move past Gibby. You know what? Gibby's had a pretty solid year. There have been more games than not this season in particular where he's kept the Ducks in it. And he's played above expected. And not often do you see a goalie stick around with a team for more than four or five years unless they're winning. So it might be time. Just saying. All right, we're going to end it like that. Once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at SimpyJD. Show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. I'm going to cough up a lung here, folks, for Locked on Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together. Fly together.